Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We're starting off the second half of the program. And before we move on to this new topic, we got to get an update from um, Professor Byron P. Democritus from Contrarian University, always bringing a little, little highbrow academic viewpoint to the program. Professor, welcome to the program, and we appreciate your time, and we appreciate you uh, being on the show with us. Thank you, Mr. Beeston and ladies of Liberty. <laughs> I was going to give you a little insightful information about how we conduct our law classes over here at Concern University when it comes to the Alabama legislature. Yes, you know, sir. we have my brother Myron that you think so much of coming to give us a few updates on how to handle things over here. Mm-hmm. And and I wanted to tell you, uh, when, when I use an acronym, I don't use articles like of, and, and the. Oh, that is so helpful. Thank you. Yes, and sometimes I use a hyphenated one word. Now, one of the classes that we have over here, are you ready? Yes, sir. Is legislators of Alabama make everything never tangible. It's a class. (laughs) But we have have learned that they will, um, you know, want to grab control and power. And that netness in the long run helps our liberal causes. Because later it has to be redefined and explained and potentially overturned in our favor. Such as if you look at what's happening today, one particular business will be set free from having anything done if anything happens with them. And you know what? In the long run, that'll help us liberals because someday Birmingham, Montgomery, and Mobile will be the Atlanta and the Democrat population of the state of Alabama. And we will let whatever we want to fall under the same category of what they created today. Y'all have a nice day. Thank you, Professor. Mm. Lament. You know, he makes a really good point when he says that the legislation sometimes is done loosely. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the words will need to be redefined, and the court will have to say exactly what they meant. Mm. And then the liberals get their way. Slimy. It is kind of that way. I think I've told y'all before, maybe I haven't. When I was there, I was very fond of having legislative findings Hmm. and um, saying before the actual legislation, because it, it, it doesn't get in the law, but there is a record of it. And you would you say, because of these things, we're trying to do this. This is our effort. This is what we want to make happen. And then here is the statute. In an effort to bind the court, when the court says, oh, we don't know what Senator Beeson was trying to do. We don't even know what problem uh. he was trying to fix. We don't really know where he was trying to go. And you know who always was against it? The lawyers. The lawyers in the legislature don't like findings and don't like an explanation. It's like your record of intention. Yes, that's what it is. You mean like you are usurping their power. Because they want to be able to come back later and even if it's just legislatively, change, adjust, or, or we don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You mean like what they do with the Constitution? Well, no, it kind of is that way. We're not sure. Right. That they meant what they Right, and then they won't use things like the Federalist Papers or the Mm Anti-Federalist Papers where the actual people who were writing the Constitution said to the American public, hey, this is what it means, this is Mm -hmm. what we're arguing, this is what we think will happen, and no, that won't happen because we said this. They don't want to talk about all that. 
They just want to roll out things like the um, the supremacy clause. Yes. So that regular people can be told, oh, the supremacy clause means that whatever the federal government want to do, do wants to do is supreme and is over whatever the states do. And everybody goes, oh, okay. Mm. Instead of... <laughs> that was funny. As long as they're doing what the Constitution <laughs> says they can do is supreme. And that's a, that's a difference. Yeah. As long as you're acting within the bounds of the Constitution, then it is supreme. But if you're outside, right. then, you're, then you're not in charge. Mm-hmm. You don't get to decide. And that's, that's what they do. But um, more of these pieces of legislation should have explanations and say, this is what the goal is. We're trying to stop this. I'll give you a good example. One of the pieces, what did we do? It might have been on one of the, might have been the omnibus gun bill from way back. And we were trying to say that um, you couldn't have these gun-free zones and these gun-free buildings and these gun-free places. You couldn't just slap up a sticker and say, no guns here, because the owners of that building or the, the people that have that business if you're going to make it so that I can't carry my weapon in the building, Protect. then you need to be protecting people. Right. So part of the compromise was, okay, fine. If you're, if you're going to say you can't have guns, because it was like office buildings is really kind of where they got down to. I said, if you can't have that, then you're going to have to have the key cards and the swipes. Mm-hmm. and the door. You're going to have to make it so somebody just can't wander in. You got to have some sort of barrier to keep regular, the public, the bad guys out. Now, if your employee goes crazy, okay, fine. We can't do anything about it. So we wrote in like, um, you got to have barricades, you got to, or a guard, or whatever. And right out of the chute, it ends up going to the court. Mm. And this, I think it was in Shelby County, Probably. and some court, some judge says, I, I go. Too purposefully because of defense, a guy got in trouble for carrying a weapon or whatever. And I'm like, I'm the sponsor of the bill. I know what's in the bill. Call me to the stand and I will tell you the right. purpose. Because the judge is like, oh, you know, we don't know the, the purposes and stuff. They wouldn't let me or the house sponsor testify. And what was his case that this, I think he I've, couldn't I think carry? I've, I think I've blurred it? two together. I did because this was a guy who made a dumb decision. The law will allow you to carry in a lot of places, and so he announces that he's going to carry in some place and ends up getting arrested. Oh dear! Legally, he could. There was no reason for him to say I'm going to. He was trying to make a point, and it just it's kind of like whether you can carry a long gun in public. Oh yeah, okay. I don't advise it just because you can, and somebody probably should ask you what you're doing. Right. So don't do stupid stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And, but but on the other thing, I did roll two of them together because the other one was about having these buildings you couldn't access easily. If you're not going to let me have a gun, make sure somebody else can't have one. Kind of like an IVF clinic where they can just let the embryos. embryos. Yeah. I, I've Scott. solved that problem. Yep. And so we had the law and they made this argument that a door counted as a barricade. And I'm like, you know, I'm not the smartest person, <laughs> but if I had meant, I, I, you know, there's four-letter words out there, and I know some of them. And I think if I wanted to say door, I would have said door. Because what if you prop open the door? Well, that's a very good point. We were trying to say right. you can't just have a place. And they're like, oh, no, a, a, do- a door fits that. And that's what the judge said. I'm like, we would have said door. 
Yeah. You know, we, we, it's clear from these sentences that we're trying to say, make it hard for a bad guy to get in there. Right. Door does not count. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that just... Dumb as ever, and really. It's, and it's all kind of stuff. And in, in the court, all, and we, I tried to be very particular when I did legislation, not just let it be written by the Legislative Reference Service. A- another great example of how they twist it. Um, we said you could carry basically anywhere, and they brought these exceptions. And one said, one of their exceptions was, well, you, you don't need to be able to carry a gun in a place where they have... Um, they didn't say it this way, but people were crazy. Mental health facility, okay? And everybody's like, okay, yeah, right. You're probably the craziest. Probably shouldn't be able to have a gun. All right. We, well, we agree. You shouldn't be able to have the crazy. But maybe that's where you should have a well, gun. Well, then I think it was, I, I may be misjudging them. I don't think I am. I think it was UAB who says, well, then you can't have one on our campus. Oh. Well, why is that? Because we have a mental health facility. And I'm like, that is not, no. No. And you know they were sitting there going, <laughs> I would have said, because they're all crazy. <laughs> you know, and the idea in our mind is, okay, you can't carry it in the nut ward. <laughs> right? Sorry. You don't get to say that, you know, 650 acres of your parking lots and parking decks are covered because right. crazy land's right over there. And you can't but, even get into crazy land. Because they have actual barriers. Yes, they do. <laughs> and not just doors. Uh, ironic. So you're not no. anti-barrier. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a... Um, I'm trying to prove my point from no, yesterday. No, but your, problem, your point was I was only for that as a, um, um, what do you call it, compromise. It's a terrible idea to start with. I should be able to defend myself everywhere that's a public place. I agree. Not because they've claim that we, you know, are being tough. It's just like the courthouses where they said, well, we don't want you to be able to carry in the courthouse because you might go in and be mad at the judge. And she, I'm like, and you know me, I say things before I think. And I'm like, no, if I was that mad, I'd wait till he comes out in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm like, why am I going in the courthouse? Oh, you guys are armed in there. Oh, God. Really? So, so are you against locking up guns in, in uh, like gun stores? Are you against locking up uh, you trying to get me over to the locking up yeah. the, the, the poor little babies? Yeah. I'm just, I just, my discussion with you yesterday was just the real world versus what we think is a good, good idea instantaneously. You know what I'm saying? We're going to fix this problem. Sometimes some problems don't need us to fix them immediately because one thing happened, one place went. Well, I'll give, no, you, I'll give I, you my example. Okay, here's my example. Guy had a situation, this was years ago. Grandfather riding his riding lawnmower decides to let grandbaby ride the riding lawnmower with him oh. happens millions of times a year and probably millions of times as long as we've had lawnmowers and tractors right well for whatever reason maybe not the smartest ends up mowing on the side of the hill rolls it down lawnmower i think kills both of them oh my word okay? why are you telling this story but you'll see why because the knee-jerk reaction is, if you're a legislator, makes all the news, well, by golly, I'm going to stop that. Mm-hmm. We shall make it illegal to ride little children on the lawnmower. I think that's a silly it's analogy. It's the same thing. It's a one-time, it's a one-off, and then we've got to fix everybody for the one-off. Well, And wh- I had to... Be the bad guy and go, 
we're not doing that. And three weeks later, nobody cared anymore. Well, here's my but question. But it was hot and heavy because a little baby, a, ki- a child had died. You, you get what I'm saying? No, I, I agree. We are way overreacting. Yes, I, I kind of think ruling. if there's a tragedy, you should have to wait 30 days before you you address the tragedy. Well, and it's as simple. I mean, and I still think it backs up to, first of all, people are just losing their minds because they don't want to admit a baby's a baby. That's, I mean, they're yeah, losing Abortion is but all still, in this. Still back up, though, to uh-huh. the crazy pants lunatic who decided to leave her room. Like, we haven't, <laughs> even, we haven't even dealt with that. Right. But if you just have, like, a keypad, you know, on the outside of the lab door, press it. That's all I'm asking for. Just press it. You just go in. But, no what, but, but see, my thing is, you don't have to have a hall for that. Place. You're right. No, you have to have common sense. I right. agree with you and on now, that. Let me ask you this. So now that the state of Alabama says, hey, you know what? Those are people. Don't you think the clinics of the world will go, you know what? We probably ought to have a keypad. But why ha- didn't they do that before? Because Maybe no, people are Because they just didn't think about crazy pants getting it, out and going there. And I've never heard of that happening ever. Right. I guess maybe I'm shocked that there's not a lock on the door or there's right. not a lock on the freezer. Well, that's like, why I asked about your doctor's offices. All those doors aren't locked. No. But, and if but it, they don't have babies that you can drop on the floor in them. Well, it depends on your version of what a baby is. Like well, we know what it is, right. but I'm saying I was talking to Chris about it last night. His lab is the same thing. There's somebody always in there, mm-hmm. but the places where the doctors, the hospitals don't want you to go, you've got to have a right. a card right. or your hand. Well, don't forget we talked about this IVF There's thing ways. in that before the state of Alabama Supreme Court ruled. I'm not sure how many people thought of any of these questions. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably why there is no locks, no security, because everybody's like. But what our legislators a, are they, and everybody's. I think they haven't even read the ruling. Like they have no, a bad take on it. They don't even it. know what it says, and, and they don't because some votes. of the press they read, they don't listen to not this program like the they truth. should. Mm. And it's just blah, do mm-hmm. something, do something. Even Bruce Pearl, who I love yes, 99% love of the time. We'll have that on the other side. Papa B on the other side. Lots of stuff to do. We'll be back. Stick. Welcome back into the program, everybody. <laughs> Do you remember that? Did you ever go to spend the night at somebody's house and they're like, I have the talking stick. Is that we when did, you played the game of like, um, tell us your least favorite thing about Allison? I never played that. Oh, that's was that at, she was there a lot dessert. of parties that you were at, Allison? I, Let's tell I, us the greatest maybe. thing. And let me just say, I have been observing and uh, the female persuasion of the human race, of the species... Y'all are mean. Yep. I had a kid. I had. A, I saw. A, I saw a little child. Little child. <laughs> tell another child. You can't sit with me. Oh, the, the first child wanted Aww. to sit with the child. Aww. And then I'm like, be nice. And you know what the answer to be nice was? Make me. The, the child who didn't want the kid to sit with him gets up and moves somewhere else. Oh, that's crushing. And I was like, wow, that is just mean. That'll crush your heart like a squeeze little potato uh-huh. chip. Like it a just, just crushes it into chip. little tiny flakes. I did that I one like, time. You did that to somebody else. I was in eighth grade. No, I was. You were in junior high. I was in eighth grade. Y'all, it still haunts me. Okay? And you said, "Don't sit by me." And it was at lunch. Cool. Oh, 
No. Y'all, I, and I, was, I was not the mean girl, but for some reason... You were that If day. Susan Kirkland, for if you're listening, shame. I'm so sorry. Did you really do that to I did. I did. I did. It and still bothers you? Like, it still bothers me. What did you do? I just... So she comes over there. You're, how many people are you sitting with? Okay, the table was full. Except for one spot. Did you carry was, lunch trays? Did yeah. you carry bags? Like, what was the situation? I need had, kind of some visual. I don't know. I re- yeah, we I, had public school lunch. You probably had to carry yours part of the We time have already you, said. Oh, sorry. sorry. That we have she trays did. with the same square pizza. Oh, dude. you did. You're right. You identified. The only me. difference was the barbecue that we had was In better. middle school before Michelle Obama, like back mm-hmm. in the day, for some reason, my lunch was, this is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, a lemonade slushy. That sounds good. And a bag of Funyuns. <laughs> Yum. How awful is that? How great did and your breath smell for the I rest of the am day? I cool enough to tell Susan Kirkland she cannot sit at our table. <gasps> and what did and you I, say? I, I like, she starts to sit down and she smiles and then you're like, get up. I think now, how did it happen? Was she, was she wasn't I even seated know. yet? I think I'm just repressed. I think we were going to have to move and shuffle around. And you're like, I ain't moving my butt anywhere. Susan, bless her heart, she didn't have the best reputation. I think I just, I don't know what happened, but I do. I, it sometimes keeps me awake at night. Really? Yeah. I mean, I feel, because I, I mean, there's and I was a Christian by then. I became a Christian in sixth grade and I should have known better. Imagine how mean you would have been if you hadn't. No, I'm telling Did you. Did shame, be... like, pelt you immediately? No. No, it took a while. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just now no, kicking in? It kicked in probably when my kids were in middle school. And oh, I was like, when you thought. Yeah. And, and one of your children comes home and says, they wouldn't let me sit with them. And you're like. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, that, oh, was, that whole. Oh, that was me. I'm having yeah. flashbacks right now. I'm sorry. Were I'm you mean too? Or no, were you being my mean? gosh, I was not mean. You were, they were being mean to you? Wait, I wasn't. Sometimes. So Allison was being mean to you, basically. Yeah, basically. If y'all just had been one at the same time, school. I really no, wasn't I, mean. I, I got along. I mean, I, I pretty much got along. I was just thinking right. flashbacks to. Now, my were you kids. the kid that thought they got along with everybody, or really did? No, I really did. Okay, I really did get along sure? with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you get to like be SGA stuff if people yeah, don't like you? Yeah, nobody wants to do that. Okay, then nobody They're liked like, me. Who will do that? <laughs> Amy Beth. Scott Beeson. <laughs> Just kidding. Great no, I was. I, I Scott. Did, I did that. Okay, I got it. Well, I got you did it. I mean, did you? You did football and basketball. Baseball. No, I just did basketball. By the time I, just I got did there, basketball. Mm-hmm. Just basketball. basketball. Just basketball. Just basketball. Let's go to Papa B. He'll, he'll bring some uh, <laughs> reality to us. Papa B, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. Hey. Yeah. Hey, Papa this, B, uh, were, were you were you mean to people when you were in school? Absolutely not. I, I was okay. a good guy, you know. So I mean, but the, the 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 sad truth of life is, you know, one of them is that, yeah, women are just born mean, you know. Well, you know, they're usually very, very nice. Those first, I don't know, six, nine months. Yeah. <laughs> well, except you're going to give us years. Except for my mother, my mother-in-law, my wife, Mama D. Yes, except and my except for my wife. My yes, my granddaughters, they are all sweet. I got to say that. You want to be poisoned <laughs> over the holidays? Okay, yeah. In case they're listening. So anyway, <clears throat> you know, one of the uh, axioms uh, that I kind of deal that I kind of just lay out there when I'm doing any kind of critical thinking is this 
And this is just one of them, that bad people will do bad things until they cannot do them anymore. And Yeah, evil know, people will do evil things until good people stop them. How's that? That's right. That's a, that's a good way to put it. And it's true. Uh, right now, uh, the Democrats are being very, very bad. You know that. Well, it goes without saying. The, the things that they're doing, you know, in these trials, if uh, anybody has any kind of question that it's not election interference by now, I don't know what they're smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's absolutely true. So if this fails, then it will fail. You know, these trials, it's not going to matter. Trump is still going to be the nominee. So what is next? And I've told you before, I'm looking for an event. So, goodness gracious, uh, I mean, the mind just goes crazy. What, what could it be? What could it be? Well, it could be a hundred things. But I also ask myself this question. Is there anybody else besides the Democrats in this wide world that does not want to see Trump elected? Uh, the and Democrats that, and and the globalist, the the World Economic Forum people. I guess they're all together. They would all be Democrats if they were here. But yeah, yeah all all those people. What about uh, any other country? China, maybe. Mm, China uh, would not. Yeah. China would not want Trump elected. I did, here's the here's the weird thing. I think Russia would like Trump elected so yep. that they can de- so they can deal with someone that they can trust. That's the weird. That's the weird Biden. one. You know that's the, that's the kind he of said that. he said that. Yeah, I'm just saying that. I think they would be they would rather have someone that they could. If, if that person said we're not doing this, yeah. we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't give them any kind of shucking jive. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would say this, though. If China is, you know, threatening war with Taiwan, wouldn't that be a convenient kind of event? It would. You know, <laughs> to distract. Well, you know, they, the Democrats have got to have this bail-in voting in order for all of this fraud to work. And they can't, they just can't have it with you know, any kind of peace breaking out or any kind of, you know, regular order, they've got I'm, to have something. I'm something. betting on massive cyber disturbance. Maybe. And then yeah. and then by the time they get through sorting it all out, when they get all the computers restarted, oh my gosh, Joe Biden won again. <laughs> and then and and every press member will run out and say it like it's the gospel truth and we'll have to take it or we'll have to do terrible things. Papa B, we got to take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. So, Allison, we we had oh. to get to your your uh, visit I'm to Montgomery. I'm so excited! <laughs> this is so exciting, everybody! So excited, everybody! So this is the go, golf section of the competition. Why did you go anyway? What did you go down there for? Well, I had we had a meeting about um, the Choose Act. What is that? The school choice. That school choice. The okay. one that you hate. I don't know. Do you like it better than the name, better than the Price Act? Yes, mm. it's better. Okay. And so just... I don't know that why they didn't call it School Choice Act. Because you get to choose. <laughs> yes, I got it. You get it. to choose. Isn't and that sweet of them? So I will say on that front, I... Now, which one is this? Is this the governor's This is the governor's and, bill. Um, um, What's his name? Senator. Uh, um, or. This is Arthur Ward. And Arthur Danny Garrett. Orr's and Danny Garrett. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I 
But I, I figure you have some things you can't tell me. Right. Okay. Okay. So she can in halftime. Oh. But I will say that I my initial reaction, anything that comes from the governor's office, mm-hmm. I'm a little skeptical. Give of. you the sideways look. Just a little. I feel like you know we're going to be played both sides. Like I'm going to give you something, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm really going to take something away. Right. So I kind of bristle. I finally read the substitute bill because it got substituted in committee. In the House? In the House. Okay. Last week. And so I read the substitute bill and I was like, I don't hate it. Did it have any poison pills in it? Like where it gives more authority to the State Board of Education where they can screw no, stuff up? and this is usually, actually a really? really good... Now, talking through some of the rationale of why they wrote things the way they did, I appreciate it a little more because one of their goals... Mm-hmm. Like, the Department of Education is not involved in this at all. Really? Oh, that's, it all that's, goes through the Department of Revenue. And that's so, huge. Okay. So, the, so, so we're not even asking you all. The money just comes and goes in and goes out. Yes. Huh? Okay. That's pretty all interesting. Right. Okay. Which that's I, a plus. That, that's huge. Because okay. when the Department of Education gets involved, things get yeah, messy. Yeah. So I'm going to give Arthur or Danny credit for that. Yes. Okay. Because that would not have happened years ago. They were all, not they, I'm just saying the legislature, in general. was all into the, oh, these are the experts. They're trained in education. And you couldn't get anything mm-hmm. by. And that was one of the things mm-hmm. Marsh used to do to every education reform bill was give the Department of Education some sort of veto power. And yeah. I would be like, please, what are you doing? No. If you give them that flexibility, they will automatically veto and that's yeah. what happened a lot of times. So that's good. That's a plus. So that's a plus. Um, the funding comes from the sales and use tax right. surplus. Did you find out if that money goes to the education trust fund anyway? Uh, no, I didn't. But My I, guess is it does. I don't know, though. Yeah. Um, sales and use tax. That's the one where they started collecting the money when we, when we buy something off the internet? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which we thought back in the day that that wasn't going to amount to much because, mm-hmm. I mean, who buys stuff off Amazon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need so dunks. Mm-hmm. We're so stupid. But, um, you know, it, it, it actually has a lot of really good things in it, but there are a few things that stand out to me, like the things that I underlined to talk about. Um, it seems a little punitive towards homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. Still. Because if you are in a participating public school or private school, you get $7,000 put into the savings account. Okay. You can use it to pay tuition, books, uniforms, whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, in the Price Act, all that money would roll over that you didn't use. You could keep it and Uh continue to use it even through college. Mm -hmm. That is not the case. What's left over in your account goes back into Okay, so it's an annual thing. It's an annual thing, which I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Well, you got to start somewhere. But kids get $7,000. If you are a homeschooler, you only get $2,000. Okay. And you can only have up to two children. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Yeah. Did you ask that question? I, I did. I said it feels particularly communist. Right. Like what it feels say? very. It's like they China. want you to only have two children. Right. What do they say? Um, I. Th- I think it's interesting. I think the thought is that if you open that up and give too much freedom there, then everybody will flee the public schools. So they're telling on themselves. Kind of. Well, now, but, this is my but interpretation. Three children? Well, I, I said, I said, I have four kids. What do I do? Choose my two favorite? What did like, they say? They just kind of stared. You got the same response I usually used to get when yeah. I had questions. And and so I I think that that bothers me from a 
conservative standpoint mm-hmm. more than anything. We're not China. We don't right. we don't have child limits. You know, we're pro family. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. for increase. See, I would try to find someone if I was there. I would try to find someone who could carry this message that um, that is particularly punitive to black Americans in the inner city. Because many black Americans are more likely to have more than two children. And they're the they're the population that homeschooled more than anybody else over the last four years. They've grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. Really? Percentage-wise? Yes, percentage-wise, like 18%. I mean, I, it was a huge amount. I've got the stats saved. I'll mm-hmm. go find them. So that's a great idea. But then my question is, when they wrote this bill, did anybody who homeschooled, were they involved in writing this at all? Well... I'm not sure. I can't. I know that the governor's office did a great job. It sounds like they talked a lot of different legislators in other states that have implemented this. Like, Mm -hmm. I I really was impressed Mm -hmm. with how much they knew and how much thought went into this. Okay. Um, So it wasn't just a, hey, let's just, we got to do something. We said, so somebody did some work. I feel like they actually did a lot of good work. I mean, it's a- And it's it's pretty clean. It doesn't have a lot of, a lot of oversight where the- It really doesn't. Now, there are some things like schools have to be accredited if you would like to be a participating school. Hmm. You mean one of these things where you you mean Fortnite Academy? Southern Association of Christian Schools. Wow. Now, you can still get the $2,000, but you... But but, but we, in my neighborhood, if we have 15 kids in elementary school, we can't hire Miss, uh, Miss Tillman. Who I thought was the all-time greatest. Well, I've had some, but but she was the greatest because she kept me from losing my mind when I moved to a new school. Um, so I just use her as the greatest teacher ever because she was one of the greatest. But we can't hire Miss Tillman when she retires to well, teach could, fif- to teach my fifteen kids. But you would have to start the accreditation process. If we're not going to be accredited because we're going to rent the house. The, the we're going to use the I'm church at the end there, of the street. You can use the homeschool accreditation entity. Mm-hmm. That will come in and accredit your school, um, and it, you have to start that process. I'm not okay. saying okay. I'm, I'm look. I, I want to get this ship launched. Yeah. So, but there are, I think, like some thirty percent of church schools that are not accredited. What is that going to do to them? Well, it doesn't do anything to them. They they would be part of the two thousand dollars option. From my understanding, uh, so those unaccredited ones only get two thousand right. dollars. They are considered a participating yeah. school. So, question: How much does it cost to get yourself accredited? Oh, I bet you there's an annual fee for those goofy accreditations. You know, it's the yeah. accreditation entities that have caused us to have so many stat. U- useless is not the right word, but I think <laughs> it gets the message across. So much useless staff at many of our public schools today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who said, well, if you've got this many students, you got to have this many whatevers and this many of those and this many of these. And you're like, they don't do anything. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. We are accredited accreditation. So, I mean, there's some problems there, too. But I get it. Everybody relies on accredited entities, whether they're real or not. Right. To try to help prove that everybody's doing everything right. I walked away feeling much better about it. I am very supportive of it, actually. I think it's a good start. Let's go. Let's go. The House passed it. I actually was there. That was kind of cool. The House passed Mm -hmm. it last Mm -hmm. night. What happens if the $400 million is used? Do they... 
do they do, does everybody get cut the same amount or does the last person in not get anything? I think they don't get in. So you gotta sign up early. Yes, sign up early. We gotta take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott Beeson. The ladies of Liberty are here. Sky's here. Everybody's making sure the program is going smoothly. We're talking a little bit about this Choose Act, the school school choice bill um, that the governor is supportive of. Arthur Orr, Danny Garrett are carrying it in the House and Senate, not respectively. Yes. That's backwards. Orr is in the Senate and uh, Garrett is in the House and it's already passed the House. Passed last night. So the two big things they have done is pass gambling out and pass school choice out. My knee-jerk reaction is some of them vote for school choice to try to make up for voting for gambling, and hopefully that's a trade. Mm. And people are like, okay, it washes. But I have a question, because you get to go down and meet with the people that we know are elected or the elected officials' um, representatives who we can all track and know right. and this is who we're working with and this is whatever. But there are people in Montgomery. There was an article I saw over at 1819 News um, from a few days back. It was by Bradley Cox. And it is titled, Who is Steve Raby? Now, mm. I, I know... Do you know who Steve Raby is? I, Steve Raby and I have conversed in the past. I haven't seen him or spoke with him since I was in the legislature. I didn't see him a lot of times when I was in the legislature. But this article says that he's a lobbyist, a political consultant, and a personal confidant to many of Alabama's elected elite. He had a position of prominence with the former House Speaker, Mac McCutcheon, and he was a Democrat Party nominee for Congress in 2010. Mm. And then he also, he apparently is an advisor to the current Speaker of the Alabama House as well. And um, somebody asked me about it. I said, well, he was there... My understanding is that Steve Raby was around even before I got there. And some people that we've talked to are like, wow, they, they, they kind of thought he was a new entity. Right. Yeah. But I think he was there before I got there. I got there in 98. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we t- spoke with somebody else and they said, no, I think he was there back in maybe the late 80s. So he's been around for a long time, but he's a person that no one really knows and, um, Wait, can I stop you real quick? Yeah. When did he run as a Democrat? 2010. Against, he ran against Mo Brooks in 2010, which is yes. not that... Okay, and you're saying he was there... He's been there for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he for was a at long least time. there before 2010. And he's a Democrat, but he's really consulting and leading... The last two Republican speakers of the... Quote-unquote Republican speakers of the House. Well, huh. that actually would explain a lot. Well, there's... Well, it kind of does. But here's my question. Now, it says in the article that they they tried to get... Ledbetter's office says that, that Raby holds no official position. Okay? So he's just friend of the office, I guess. And he told 1819 News himself, I hold no official role with the Speaker's office. I do help members of the Republican caucus with campaigns and fundraising efforts. I've worked with pollsters to conduct surveys and present info to the caucus. No House member campaign has ever paid me anything. Okay, I get it. So he's an advisor, consultant to the Republicans. And he just does it out of the kindness of his heart? Apparently. Oh, that's a good question, actually. Huh. I mean, somebody, and maybe he makes money off the the fundraising. You know, we're all familiar with people who fundraise, and they get to keep a percentage of the, okay. Of the money. Okay, so he's paid by the campaigns or... <laughs> 
the fundraising you know, for yeah, the people. Yeah, or takes people. the cut before yeah. it goes to the campaign. I don't, I don't know how that works. I, I got a question. Mm-hmm. So we don't know much about him. And apparently he's just a friend of the office of, you know, whatever. Of the speaker. Um, is this common? And does he just not want to be known? Or does he care if people know about him? Well, just last week, mm-hmm. Senator Katie Britt posted a photo on Instagram. There was like 10 photos. The front photo mm-hmm. was her and Senator Tuberville. Okay. Speaker Ledbetter. Okay. And Steve Raby. Huh. Really? What do you know about that? Really? So he's not just in the background. I mean, he's in photos. He's traveling with the speaker. Mm-hmm. He's doing all the things. Who's paying him? And, you know, even Ledbetter was a Democrat until he lost. I think in 2010 he lost and then ran again as a Republican in 2014. My years might be off. Mm-hmm. But kind of the same story. I don't know. Well, there's no doubt he's talented. I just think it's interesting that uh, you know, they always say the 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 people behind the thrones mm-hmm. have the power. Yeah. Mm. So hey, look, Steve, I'm I'm glad you're passing the.